Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, Geekscapists, what's up? Jonathan here with a special treat for you. This is a Geekscape LA Comic Con 2022 special. Uh, We're going to be telling you all about uh, the upcoming LA Comic Con. We've got the first weekend of December. It was very memorable for Geekscape last year. Uh, But we've got Chris DeMullen on the show to tell you all about it. He's actually the president of LA Comic Con. So I think he's the... He's the third person in sequence of presidents for LA Comic Con that's been on Geekscape to talk about what's in store this year. So if you want to hear all about it, hang out, pull up a chair, get something to drink, and let's talk LACC 2022. Geekscapists, let's get right to it. We've been a part of LA Comic Con from the very beginning. Uh, promoting them, hanging out there. It really feels like our hometown festival. Uh, and I know we're always at San Diego. We go to New York. We do all sorts of conventions uh, around the country. But LA Comic Con is the one that's in our backyard. And it's the one that we're invested in seeing like really rock and succeed every year. And uh, we love them. So to tell you all about LA Comic Con 2023... Oh, 2022. Let's let's not get ahead of ourselves, Jonathan. <laughs> uh, we got the the president himself, uh, Chris Mullen. Chris, first off, I gotta ask: Am I pronouncing your name right? Absolutely, it's perfect, Chris Mullen. Really? Oh, okay. I'm gonna pat myself on the back for that one because uh, as soon as I said it, I, I realized I hadn't asked you if that was a proper pronunciation. No, no. If I'm uh, trying to get a, a reservation in a fancy restaurant, I might say Du Moulin, but that's <laughs> normally just <Mr>. Mullen. <laughs> and, and Chris. Listen, I had, I, mean, I still have a really good relationship with uh, Regina Carpinelli, who sure. started up LA Comic Con. I played D and D with uh, Keith Trailens, who partnered yep. with Regina to see it up till he took the the gig up in Northeast, I think Dallas and North. I'm telling too much of Keith's business, but Keith is a close friend as well. Um, I'm inviting you into this friendship circle now, Chris. And uh, I want to learn about you. Where, where are you from? Where'd you grow up? What's your story? I grew up in upstate New York, grew up in uh, Rochester, New York. And um, 
after college, was in New York for 10 years and moved out to L.A. in 94 uh, to work for Disney. I got a job at, at Disney working in the consumer products group. Um, and that's really what brought me out here. And, um, you know, it was uh, kind of a yeah, I've always been a lifelong nerd, was a Marvel nerd and a Lord of the Rings nerd and all that good stuff. And uh, so working at Disney was sort of a dream job. And uh, from there, it sort of morphed. I, I, I worked in the film production business for a few years. I worked for the company that made the uh, uh, Chronicles of Narnia movies, The Lion, Witch, and the Wardrobe, and um, Bridge to Terabithia and some other really fun stuff. Um, I think if you live in L.A. for a certain number of years, it's there's a, a law that says you have to work in the film business for a while. So I did my five or six years doing that. Um, and then ended up in, in the trade show business. And um, even though I was, my, my main job was I was running fashion trade shows. I was also running the licensing show. And that was how I first met uh, Regina and the team at, at uh, what was then, you know, Stanley's Kamikaze uh, because we had this great B2B uh, licensing show. And I love the idea of also being involved with a, with a comic convention as sort of the consumer show that went along with that, right? You do the deals at the com at licensing show and then you see all the product and the fans get to see it all at the Comic-Con. So I, I first met them right after their first show uh, in uh, late 2011 and we actually acquired half the show in 2012. So I worked with the gang for a number of years um, uh, as the sort of the parent company. And then uh, uh, we ended up selling it, the half that half back to them and they changed and, Life did did its thing, and and I had this great opportunity in 2018 to come work full time um, here running the show. So it was uh, it was uh, wonderful the way it worked out. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you reacquired or reacquainted yourself with the show. It is that like the period where y'all were in Santa Monica back and forth, and things kind of yep. kept uh, moving. Um, when you get back in the saddle there, 2018. I mean, everything seems to be doing great. That show in 2019 was fantastic. Yep. And then what happens when a global pandemic <laughs> pops up? Well, you know, a global pandemic is not kind to the event business. And we were fortunate that I started, um, I started in May of 2018. Um, and we had had, um, you know, a good show in 2017 had a, uh, we're sort of doing this transition um, of a, were we going to be a sort of a smaller boutique show? Or are we really going to, be a big show with over a hundred thousand attendees. And what did, what did that look like? And what did that mean? And, uh, in 2019, we had this yeah amazing show, almost 125,000 people and great guests. And the fans had a terrific time. Exhibitors had a great time. And, um, you know, we were fortunate in that we had, we set a little bit of money aside and, and, um, tightened our belt. And there were a couple of government programs that helped the event industry out. And, um, we, we planned that show for, on four different dates from September of 2020 till we eventually had it in December of 2021. Uh, we just kept trying to get ready to have it as soon as we could. Um, the fans were amazing. We actually put tickets on sale at one point, And when we realized we couldn't have the show, three quarters of them said, just keep my money. I'm coming whenever you have the show. No worries. Um, and the exhibitors were the same way. So, uh, but it was, you know, like many event businesses, you know, you, we basically had no revenue for two years and we just had to, had to hunker down and, um, you know, keep moving forward so we could get to the point where we could have a show again. Hey, and Chris, let's talk about that juncture that happened in 2018 where you had to make a choice. Do we want to go into smaller boutique or do we want to become uh, the, the con that kind of goes up against the 
stuff that San Diego is doing with the WonderCon and with San Diego uh, International. Uh, those are both positioned in the spring and the uh, and in July. Is is LA Comic Con kind of y'all were an Oktoberfest uh, convention for such a long time? Is did y'all learn that a early December date post Thanksgiving might actually be a great place to, to host an event or yeah. is that October date kind of something you're looking I back mean, at? The October date was a great date, but the, the, the thing about um, being a consumer show is you can, you can't book your, your dates at the convention centers very it's less than a year in advance. And if, oh, wow. a, if a B2B convention comes in and, you know, radiologist convention or whatever it is, <laughs> they get, they get preference because even if there's only 5,000 people going there, they all fly into town and they stay in the hotel rooms. So consumer okay. shows um, kind of have to zig and zag a little bit to find the available dates. And so we were really fortunate um, when those October dates got, got taken up by a big telecom conference um, that we had gotten to know the people that run the LA Auto Show. And the LA Auto Show is basically there for the whole month of November. And we were able to uh, work something out where we could kind of slide in right behind them. And so that date worked really well for us last year. We're going to be there this year and we're going to be in that same date next year. Um, I don't know if there's any such thing as a permanent date for a, a show like us, but it seems to work. It's um, we still do a lot of the costume stuff, the cosplay national championships, the kids costume contests that we used to do at Halloween. But I think it also fits really well for, for pre-holiday shopping. You know, so if there's a nerd, if you love a nerd, you can come and find the, a great holiday gift for them by coming to LA comic con. Yeah. You know what, what I love about the show and you are sandwiched next between holidays, which, you know, I, I asked myself this, having seen y'all grow since that 2011 date, like what will it take? And, and I'm really glad that when the teeter totter happened in 2018 and you're thinking, Hey, do we just, um, bring things in a little bit and become a boutique show, which I don't, this is Los Angeles. I think a boutique show is great for maybe Dallas, but Los Angeles, the home of the stars. I mean, was that an obvious choice there to say, you know what, we've got the stars in our backyard. We're going to be the show that brings you Hollywood. I mean, I, why I not go hundred grand? The way we've always looked at it is that we're, you know, and, and this was true in the days of Regina when I met Regina and the original team, we're all fans and we want this to be a show that is, it's sort of for fans by fans. It's fans first. Um, and we want it to be a mashup of everything. You know, L.A. is sort of the most interesting, eclectic uh, mashup of pop culture in the world. And whether it's music or TV or film or streaming or comics or art or whatever it is, it's, you know, it's it's all here. And so I, we felt like we had this opportunity to be a really authentic event that was that that couldn't be done anywhere but in L.A. And and uh, and so as the you know the show gets bigger you get a show that's that starts to have 75 to 100,000 people you have to you it's, there's different logistics to run it i mean i was in the trade show business i used to run 80 shows a year some of them had had you know 5,000 exhibitors and 150,000 attendees and some of them were quite small and so we needed to be able to scale up to handle the logistics of being able to bring that many people in but still make it feel like LA's show, right? Make it feel like a, a, a homey show that, you know, it's really important to me when you walk in that show that you can look around and just by the signage that's there, you can figure out where you want to go. It's really important that we keep the main stage uh, right in the middle of the show floor, right? I hate, I hate uh, shows 
I'm not a fan of shows where you, the main stage is it's in another building and you got to go wait for th- in line for three hours and that means you can't do other stuff. I love the, the the thing about our show, which is that we put the very best stuff right in the middle of the floor and you can be doing whatever you're doing. You're shopping, you're hanging out with your friends, you're getting an autograph, and then when you hear something start up on the main stage that you want to be part of, you just turn, you walk over, and three minutes later you're there. And so um, we figured that we could continue to grow. And, and this last year, we kind of got forced into it through COVID, expanding into the West Hall so that we just had more room to spread everything out. Um, but now we're really having fun with it. It's like, okay, now what, how do we program the West Hall so it's different from the South Hall, but it just gives fans more stuff to do. Um, and so I think you'll see more and more that that West Hall is going to be uh, a lot more sort of gaming and anime and technology um, and the South Hall is going to be, you know, your sort of more traditional uh, pop culture con mashup. And I'll tell you, one of the things that I thought was really successful at LA Comic or not uh, uh, at New York Comic Con was I thought New York Comic Con in having a little back the years that I used to go, having a little bit of a separate area just for Artist Alley, mm-hmm. it turned into the clubhouse for comic book creators. It just felt like all the, the, the clubhouse, if you went there, you were going to hear some inside stories between the, the mm-hmm. artists. You were going to see them hanging out together. It, it just felt like you were hanging out with the people who made the comics. So a separate room for, and I'm, and I'm just going to put this under the umbrella of maybe AVOX, which is the voiceover convention. Um, that sort of voiceover friendly community that is into the video games and into anime and into where we employ a lot of our voice acting friends. Um, is that sort of the destination of the West hall? I mean, I know AVOX is something y'all are looking to really put on its own feet. Is it, is, is building it as an extension of LA comic con? Is that, is that part of the game plan? Should fans expect that in the West hall? Well, I think, you know, we've looked at what areas we do. We talk to the fans all the time, sort of saying, what else would you like us to add to the show? What guests do we not have that you'd like to see? And one of the things that just came up again and again was, was the fans of gaming and the fans of anime wanted to see more gaming and anime. And so rather than, having all of that try to fit in the South Hall, it felt very natural to expand over and have that be the West Hall, to have a second main stage and be able to do, you know, really do justice to having casts come in and creators come in and um, give them their own space over there to do that. And and the AVOX experience, when we met um, Keith Aram and his team at PCB Productions, and, you know, they're sort of the preeminent uh post-production house for all voiceover for games and and uh, the American version, uh, language versions of anime, uh, that just felt like a great fit. Like they, they had great talent relationships and great relationships with those producers. And we loved the idea of continuing to have a, of a big, broad show like LA Comic-Con that, that sort of uh, catered to everybody, but also to get to know those, those voice artists um, who are you know amazingly talented in their own right, and they're always some of the biggest draws that we have at LA Comic Con. Um, you know when we do like nostalgia panels, whether it's a um, you know Jimmy Neutron or SpongeBob panel, and the fans go crazy for that. The idea of being able to really zero in on that and create a different experience and allow those actors to do improv and do other stuff that they do, which would be very hard to do at a big show with 125 or 150,000 people, but to do a a more boutique show that might have 15 or 20,000 fans that can really dig in and spend more time. um, It just felt like a natural extension for us. I think what you're telling me is 
the teeter-totter of 2018, you actually said, why not both? (laughs) (laughs) Why don't we have the South Hall for Hollywood and the West Hall uh, Geekscapist? For those of you who maybe want a little bit more of a unique um, kind of experience. And I'm, I'm excited to see how that's built out. Uh, it was the first time that y'all had actually done that yep. in 2021 uh, and um, 2021. I, I mean, obviously Geekscape is you've been following the podcast. You've been following at least since last year, you knew it was a big year for me. Uh, so every now, I mean, since Regina and Keith were running the show, they were always so nice to have me on the main stage talking to people like um, Rob Liefeld and uh, who, who we, we had a Warren, uh, War, uh, a Grant Morrison. Uh, the one that really touched me was that um, Stan would always ask me to do his panels. Right. And one of my favorite stories of Stan of all time and I won't tell it here, uh, Geekscape, it's it's an incredible story. But in 2016, like Stan asked me to do his show and I was going through a separation and I didn't and, – and it's like I was in a tough place, uh, you know, uh, personally and didn't want to necessarily be on stage in front of a bunch of people as I was going through a personal experience and, and a little bit of anguish. And and, and then I, I said, you know what, like Stan asked <laughs> – Right. Stan asked for you, Jonathan, the funny guy who put him on a YouTube show. Like, let's go. And um, and and I'll, I'll tell the, the extent of that story at a later date, Geekscapist. But it's one of my favorite memories is is hosting some of those panels with Stan and, and those guys. And then, of course, Geekscapist. I'm I'm also talking about this past year with well, yeah, you and Jim Carlo had sort of an interesting I, experience together. <laughs> and he's going to be back this year. This was actually technically Chris our my second time with Jim Carlo. Thanks to LA Comic Con when y'all did the LA Comic on online uh, out of South LA when when we went into that really cool screen and it was myself, Christina Ariel doing the hosting with a, this was a Geekscapist. You may not have been a part of this. You should have been a part of this. Uh, And even if you're not in Los Angeles, I welcome you to seek out LA Comic Con's online presence and subscribe to their newsletters because every now and then not only do they have a podcast series going out and I'm okay vouching for the competition, go out there and listen to the podcast. It's cool. You can listen to more podcasts a week, Geekscapist. Um, they had this this uh, online LA Comic Con where we got to talk to people like Mark Silvestri, who's an amazing artist, an incredible friend, got me back into comics back in the late 80s, early 90s, drawing X-Men. Mark Silvestri was on there online. And then, of course, we had Giancarlo Esposito. And Esposito. Posito. <laughs> I have to remember to pronounce it that way. And oh man, was I sweating bullets when y'all had me online talking to him in that in that like Comic Con online. But I'm glad you did because it laid the groundwork for me to have him as my wingman for my proposal. And I will I will always remember <laughs> that. That was so great, Chris. And very, very special experience for everybody. <laughs> Well, I was so nervous. I didn't tell anybody that I was going to do this. And here was the plan, Chris. And and, and we got we, we need to we need to blame Zach Levi for this. Uh, I was asked to host Zach Levi and Giancarlo Esposito for LA Comic Con this past year, and they were going to be back to back. And I was like, you know what? I am going to use this as my opportunity to propose. This is going to work great. I'm going to go out there with Zach, and we are. I mean, I know Zach, and we are both hyperactive and loud and we're going to be out there just jumping around and then why not do a proposal too and let's just make it crazy and da 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 and Zach 
in this, he was right in doing this. Uh, he said, you know what? I'm just going to handle this thing myself. I'll just go out and I'll, I'm a one man show as he really is. And I'm going to do it. And, uh, and, and immediately I was like, Oh no, <laughs> Oh no. Because I was going to slip the proposal in, in the midst of the craziness. And now I've got Giancarlo followed up and he, he is just such a, a different tone of, guest and in geekscapists i really want you all to start paying attention to what la comic con is doing if you're not even if you're not in la because uh they've got such a great varied uh, amount of guests and we're going to talk about the guests coming up to 2022 here in a bit um giancarlo's returning by the way uh as well as tom kenny from spongebob when we're talking voiceover actors um but I had to pivot pretty quick on that one, and 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 thank goodness y'all had had me on the uh, on the remote version of LA Comic Con, the online version, because Giancarlo and I already had a rapport, and he was so great. He goes, "Yeah, give me the ring. Let's go. Let's go. We'll, we'll, we'll set this up." And and he was he had so much fun doing that. Uh, and to tell you, Chris, I saw him a few about two months ago, and and he was still like, "How's Heidi doing? How how is she? This is how are y'all doing?" He's a spectacular human being. You know, it, it's it, when you work with people throughout Hollywood, there are it, it's great to have all sorts of different guests, but there are the people that are really humans and you talk to them about something and then you see them 6 months later and they say, "Hey, like, how's your dog doing? We were talking about your dog the last. So how's your, how's Heidi doing? You know, how did that?" And and he is he just is a spectacular human. So and uh, he's been on the podcast, Geekscape. So again, seek out the LA Comic Con uh, official podcast, um, which uh, you know is a, is great and gets the same kind of guests that you get. Again, I want to press this: if you're watching this, listening to this, you don't have to be in Los Angeles to be a part of what LA Comic Con's putting together. And it it doesn't just come around in December. This is something that they're working on. That's uh, you know, it's every month of the year. And however Geekscape can help out with this stuff, I'd love to be a part of it because again, y'all are our hometown fest, and I feel like we've been a part of it since the beginning. Um, let's talk about who's coming back this year. Let's talk so, about. So June Carlos coming back, and uh, and we just announced Ming Na Wen is also coming back, and um, which will be great because uh, what we did with Mandalorian last year was among the most popular uh, stuff that we did. We had eight or nine thousand people who kind of crushed up to the main stage to listen to that. And I think what we realized is, you know, we had a lot of fans um, who were not comfortable coming out to the show yet because of what was going on with COVID. And sure. so, so some of these things we felt like it's sort of, if you missed it last year, we're going to, we're going to do it again. Right. And we're going to change it and make it better. Um, and, you know, somebody like Tom Kenny is sort of perennial favorite of our fans and, and uh, has a great time when he comes. Um, but then, you know, we're bringing in a bunch of other uh, people. I mean, we, we <laughs> one of our favorite additions this year is, is Steve Burns um, from uh, from Blues Clues. And I think that to me, he's like a quintessential L.A. Comic-Con guest because Blues Clues was such such the fabric of so many of us growing up. And he doesn't do this stuff very often. And so to be able to bring him out, get him on stage, have him talk about stuff, have people be able to meet him and get an autograph. And it, it's one of those things where the response on our social media was off the charts because it was uh, it was unexpected. Um, you know, or somebody like Amy Jo Johnson, who's a big fan favorite, who we've had scheduled a couple of times. And then she's had conflicts at the last minute, hasn't been able to come. And um, she's coming this year. And I think we've got we've got about 10 more people that are signed that we haven't announced yet. A um, couple of really big, you know, sort of franchise stars coming in, but also more of that, like, you know, I, I like to think of it as the quirky LA comic-con 
stuff that's unexpected that, um, you know, I, I, I always want to make sure we have a few guests every year that, that, um, are unbelievably meaningful to a really small number of people. <laughs> like a, like a Nickelodeon like, show. Like, oh, this was my favorite thing yeah. growing up. Oh my God, I can't believe that you're doing this. Um, and we want to we want to mix that in. And I think it's that eclecticism, you know, like the, the year we brought RuPaul, the year that we brought um, Weird Al Yankovic. I mean, that to me is, um, we can do that in LA and you can't really do that in a lot of other places. And so we, we love to mix it up that way. And uh, now, I've heard rumors of some of these guests. I'm not going to throw them out here, Geekscapists, but um, what's the best place to go to to find out where these announcements are? Probably your newsletter, no? The, I think, I mean, on the things, every guest, as soon as, as we announce them, they're on the website, which is uh, ComicConLA.com. And so you can always see what's up to the moment there. And then I do recommend, if you really want to know the second we announce things, is if you go to ComicConLA.com and sign up for the newsletter, um, the newsletter comes out every week. Um, and, uh, it's, it's, uh, we've really had a lot of fun with it. Um, because most of the year we're not selling anything, right? We're just talking to people. We're asking them questions. We're trying to figure out what's important to them. Uh, we're trying to promote stores that are open. We're trying to, um, introduce them to new properties. And so that newsletter is sort of a, uh, we now have a, about 135,000 people that are part of that. And it's really a great community um, and a great resource for us to be able to get feedback on what people are interested in. And as a fan, Chris, do you go out to other conventions and maybe recruit or inquire some of these people about coming and being on your show? There's a Power Rangers convention in Pasadena this past uh, this upcoming weekend we, while we're recording. I think between uh, look, uh, as I said, we're all fans, so a lot of us right. will go to some of the other conventions just because we're a fan and want to go. So you know, whether I'm at Star Wars Celebration, or I go to Anime Expo or wherever. Um, um, we try, as weird as it sounds, we we try when we go to conventions not to, you know, like go up to exhibitors and say you should exhibit yeah. with us because you know what they're busy they're 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 doing their business. But we do have a pretty good sense of you know what guests we'd like to have and what exhibitors that we don't have yet that we'd like to have, and we're constantly in communication with them. Um, we don't tend to bug them at other conventions. We sort of let them do their thing, and also I think. Um, just out of respect to the convention, you know, that we're not in there trying to hawk their, uh, you know, their exhibitors away from them. Um, but yeah, I think between us, if it's a, if it's almost any fandom, there's somebody on the team that really likes it. And so every weekend somebody's going somewhere. Um, and then we go to most of the big conventions just to see what they look like and see how they're working and get a sense of how, you know, particularly post COVID, how people are getting back in the rhythm. What are some things to look forward to this year that are new? Um, I think the whole West Hall um, is going to be really exciting because what we did last year, it came together relatively quickly, maybe the last six or eight weeks before the show. Uh, and this year we've really had the opportunity of a whole, a whole year to program it. So we're going to have um, we're going to have an esports tournament going on. We're going to have uh, two or three different gameplay areas there where people can get in and play games. Um, I think we're going to have something with um, a developers area where we're going to have a bunch of developers come in who's are working on games that haven't even been released yet. So as a fan, you can come and see games before they've even they're even finished and where they go. Um, and then we'll have a lot of talent that's associated with that. Um, there were a couple of features that we were working on for Avox that we're probably going to bring in. Um, one is a, a we think of kind of a fun idea for a TV show that's an audience participation um, game show. Uh, we're going to run that a few times and see how that goes. Why not? Um, and so, uh, 
you know, and, I, and then I think what you'll see, um, we, last year we moved autograph, the, the autographs out of the main hall and we put them into the concourse hall. And that really seemed to work really well to give that more of its own space. And, you know, we ended up, um, I don't know, I think we did like the, the, the uh, talented, like 10 to 12,000 autographs. I mean, it really, we wow. really were able to get a lot of people through there. So I think we're going to continue to expand that. Um, we haven't announced it yet, but I'll tip it here. Uh, we're going to have a big party on for, on Saturday night. We haven't had like a big official party in a number of years. Um, Is Bernie so, going to be a part of that? I, there's a really good chance of that, yeah. That guy, he's <laughs> everywhere. Uh, uh, our good buddy Bernie Bregman, the, the um, Bernie he, was, he calls himself the uh, Geek Gatsby. <laughs> is that a, is that, can you That's give yourself that title? I mean, he's earned it. We'll give it to him, but um, that guy. So I, I think you're gonna, you know, I, I think what you'll see is um, all the stuff that you people have come to love about the show. Um, but nicely spread out that that whole convention center it's over 1.2 million square feet of space so it really lets us move move stuff out and around and look i love that feeling on a saturday at a convention where you have this incredible energy because it's there's so many people there but we we don't need to be jammed in you know where you can barely move. And so I think and one of the nice things about spreading out that's is that we can have a really big crowd, but not have that, you know, the density is much more manageable when you, when you do that. So, yeah, I mean, I, I'm sorry I was interrupting, but I mean, that is the criticism that we get at San Diego and San Diego has tried to expand their convention center, but the, you know, it's up against the water folks. There's only so many places that that convention center exactly. can go. And we love, we love San Diego. We love being there every summer, but um, it is, uh, it is sardine like on some, at some points. Um, yeah. and, and I don't know how you get out of that when you can't expand uh, LA, the LA convention center is a larger convention center and LA downtown LA has a lot of stuff that it's it's also kind of growing too um well well, chris i won't keep you is the rumor that i'm getting married on the main stage this year true that that is not true chris you know (laughs) i don't know there was a rumor well there wasn't a rumor last year you're getting engaged but you did so if we give you the microphone and we we look the other way for five minutes who knows what can happen (laughs) uh geeks gave us i will be good and married by the time la comic-con comes around this year we're getting married in october so chris is safe from any more stunts (laughs) <laughs> and uh, and I'm grateful that he's even taken this time to talk to me after pulling stunts at his show last yeah, year. I love you. You're part of the family, so, <laughs> so you're you're all good. Hey, the only the other thing I wanted to mention is we're it's not fully up and running yet, but you know you were talking about because of COVID we we're trying to expand. It's why we started the podcast. It's why we looked at AVOX. It's why we did the the digital convention. Um, you know, we also are working with a with a metaverse called the Comic Con Metaverse. And mm-hmm. we um, we we were str- we streamed three stages worth of of content into it last year, and it was sort of their very 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 early stages. Um, but we're continuing to work on that, and I think we're what we're trying to do is help help build a digital uh, uh, destination where everything that's fun about a con can be found twenty four seven. So to get us and other cons to stream content into it. We're going to do virtual cosplay contests. We're going to have the largest artist alley in the world. Um, we're going to do all sorts of other cool stuff. And I think that's, you know, what's so important about what you do at Geekscape is, is our community needs these touch points to help be the glue to hold us together. And I think that's what we're all trying to figure out is post COVID 
using technology, we all want to get together in person again, but how do we also uh, create these digital things that surround our world to give us opportunities to interact with each other and, and enjoy our community? And so, um, so that's part of what, you know, what we've been, we've spent the last year doing is really understanding how can we um, make the, the show that we do the best show it could be expand into some other shows, but also look for ways to create digital community as well. And so, you know, that's why we love to talk to folks like you and it's why we, launched our own podcast. It's why we're getting involved in the Comic-Con metaverse. And um, it's just fun to figure out how all that technology uh, enables us to come together more. Yeah. And you can dovetail trends that you see in that digital space you, building up to December. You don't have to quickly throw something together and be like, Oh my God, this is, this is what people want to see. You, it is, it is the railroad track that starts to rumble before the train comes. If you have that going on, uh, all 12 months of the year right. in, in at least a digital space. And, you know, who's coming on the show uh, this week as of the recording of this one, Chris, is uh, the lawnmower man himself, Jeff Fahey. Maybe I don't nice. give him access to the metaverse quite yet. You don't want him going <laughs> lawnmower man too much, but exactly. we do have Jeff Fahey. Uh, if you're watching this, he may have already been on the show, but the only way to really know is subscribe to this podcast, the Geekscape podcast. Nice. And uh, you'll either have heard Jeff already or you're about to hear Jeff, but the only way to do is subscribe. Um, Chris, I got to thank you for being on the show uh, and hanging out with me. Um, let's figure out ways to collaborate and let's figure out uh, things to do between now and December. I only, I only have to get married and then I'll see you. Uh, Always a pleasure, Jonathan. I, I look forward to finding out what, you know, what announcement you'll make on our stage next year. So. <laughs> no, I, I, I am going to chill and get ready for my honeymoon. And also, uh, this new de- this new December weekend, it always lands on my birthday, the fifth of December. Now, well, um, every year, so it, it is well, a celebration. We will be sure to celebrate you appropriately. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Chris. Thank you so much, Geeks gave us. Uh, go and visit the LA Comic Con website. Follow them on social media, and of course, subscribe to that podcast and learn about what they've got planned for you. You don't have to be in LA. Plan for you globally uh, year round. Okay. Thanks, Chris. Yeah, thanks, Shannon. Good to see you, man. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.